0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell and show up exactly the way you want to. Customize your online store to your style. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR. You're listening to World Cafe. Hey, I'm Kaleo. It kind of blows my mind that before Dylan Francis was one of the most well-known and successful EDM producers in the world, he was selling suits in a mall. Francis, an L.A. native, is infinitely entertaining, jovial, and charismatic, as evidenced by the several million followers he has on Instagram. That's not to say he's unserious or can't be buttoned up. This is a guy who recently, after a decade-plus of success in the electronic music world, took audio production classes to get a refresher course on his craft. And hearing him talk about the work that goes into his production is dizzying. Francis loves the studio environment as much as the roaring crowds. His latest album, This Mixtape is Fire 2, was a chance to work with old friends and -and up-and-coming talent. He'll talk about how he approaches collaboration, bringing a cool camp counselor energy to his sessions, and how Titanic actor Billy Zane ended up stealing the show in Francis' music video for the song I'm My Only Friend. Our conversation begins in a minute, after a bit of Can't Stop Me Now. It's Dylan Francis on World Café. Will K, it's Dylan Francis. Can't stop me now. It's from his new album. This mixtape is Fire Two. The electronic music producer and DJ is my guest on World Cafe. I am Kaleo. Dylan, so nice to meet. How's it going?
1: Nice to meet you too. It's great. You know, uh, thank you for playing that song. That's actually uh, that was one of the songs that was made like two years before the project was done. I've just been holding on to that one forever.
0: It sounds like you're saving it because this this album collection is pretty special. And I wanna give some backstory uh, for people uh, who aren't familiar. This is kind of a spiritual successor to your 2015 acclaimed album, which is called This Mixtape is Fire. So let's kind of start there. What was the initial concept when you worked on that first album back in 2015?
1: That initial concept was really just working with artists that I loved and admired. Um, and I mean, the fact that Calvin Harris even got on that first one still blows my mind when I look at it. Skrillex, that was, that was a, I think, I mean, the, it was definitely tough to get it done, but he was, you know, he's one of my really good friends, so it, it wasn't as hard. It was just like really trying to make something that was fun, different, and kind of sat in all the facets of music that I loved at that time, which was Moombatone, I guess, Future bass. Um, and now, the second version of it is way more expansive and um and I love way more music now. So <laughs> there's a lot more to to digest from that from this album. um and it's and it's the same concept as well, though. like that's why I worked with Elenium, Alesso, big hitters, and a lot of people that are up and comers that i that I really respect and love
0: when it comes to finding collaborations because it's fourteen tracks, uh, you know, over a dozen collaborations on the record. Are you looking for specific people, like for tracks that you're making, or is it like, I just want to work with these people and then we'll find their home on the album later?
1: It's really like, does this make sense for it? Or, or does this make sense as a single outside of it? Um, and that's kind of where and why it took so long. I and mean, that's why that song, I, I had been like waiting to, to put that on there. There was another song, Mind Your Business, that I, that I think was like two years ago as well. Um, and, and okay. Okay. was, was, was pretty long ago as well. But I, I like, I loved the energy and, and how different those songs were from each other. And that was another thing that I always love about mixtape is fire too. And, and I wanted to do is make it very much like a mixtape. Like when you listen to it, it's just going to be a bunch of random music coming at you.
0: How do you ultimately pick a path when you're trying to follow your muse?
1: Whatever is the most fun, Yeah. whatever's the most fun and making you happy is is the correct thing i feel like because if you're not then what's the point <laughs> it, it, well, no, I, that's like from from porter robinson he told me that uh because him and i have gone you know we've had our ebbs and flows in 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 dance music and we always call each other and like hey man i'm i'm feeling like pretty low right now i don't know what to do and there was one time that i called him and that's the that was like the the quote of the call that he gave me where it's like what's the point if you're not having a good time and having fun right like you've 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 been doing this long enough that that that's what you need to do cuz that's what you started as and i was like that's absolutely right and so ever since then i've always just thought like am i having fun is this worth my time and if it is then then keep doing it all right.
0: Well, I look forward to your Leonard Cohen phase at some point where it's intentionally not trying to have fun Could you even make an unfun EDM club
1: record? I don't know if that's possible. I definitely could <laughs> sit down Don't dance <laughs> Don't move just listen
0: <laughs> We're talking with Dylan Francis here on world cafe the new album is called this mixtape is fire, 2. I I still kind of marvel at people who who? essentially you have to work with a dozen different people every time you make an album, you know, like a band. It's like, hey, it's the same four people over and over and over. So I always am fascinated to the mind of people who have to collaborate with other folks all the time. And I always like asking this question, which is what do you think makes for being a good collaborator? Because this ship doesn't go if you can't, you know, communicate and work with other folks.
1: I mean, th- that's it. If you're not that way, it really is tough. I, I think I'm a very... This is weird to say about myself. I think I'm a very personal person. I don't know. I think I am. Maybe I'm not. No, no. But for instance, like when I got in the studio with Diplo, like, I mean, we've been in the studio plenty of times, but like the first time I was in with him, he's just so charismatic. He's so good at talking to people. He's so good at making people feel good in the situation and making the room feel um, really welcoming and fun and that's something that you have to have in each session if it becomes sterile and you know you're just you're not being able to to communicate well it it really puts a damper I've had some some sessions that have just never turned into anything the, the music is just like completely bleh. and and that's because it's just like we're not connecting we're butting heads the whole time that's like a super important part is to be, like if you're in a session with four people, be able to to um, facilitate the fun for everybody. You got to make it feel like you're at a theme park and everyone's like, yeah, let's go. Next ride. So um, another thing is like when, you, when you're in a session like that, you got to work as fast as possible on the first idea. And then once that idea starts to hit a wall, switch immediately to the next idea so that you're not just racking your brains on that Work on that idea till you hit a wall, then go back to the first idea or create a third one, then go back to the other one. Don't let yourself get stuck. No, don't let yourself get stuck. Cause then every, then that is exactly where the fun stops and everyone's just like hitting their head against the wall. And then people are like, I just want to go home and eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> and you don't want that.
0: Nobody wants that. <laughs> We're talking with Dylan Francis. This is World Cafe. I want to play another song from the album. It's Don't Let Me Let Go. Dylan Francis featuring Illenium and Evan Gia here on World Café. on World Cafe, it's Dylan Francis featuring Elenium and Evangia. Don't let me let go. It's from this mixtape is Fire 2, available now. I'm Kaleo on World Cafe. Dylan Francis is my guest. So, uh, take me back because obviously now a uh, world-class music producer, you're a DJ playing to tens of thousands of people. Uh, what was the what was the early career of Dylan Francis like? What took you into that world?
1: Early career, if you even look back at photos, I was very much into '50s doo-wop. I didn't make it, but I loved the style. So I had a pompadour, and I worked at this. Uh, I worked selling suits at Jay Lindenberg in the Beverly Center Mall when it existed there. I don't think it exists there anymore. And um, I would spend all of my money on Taco Bell and suits <laughs> and and beer as well, because that's what any twenty uh, one year old kid does sure. when when they get a job. But yeah, it all started there and and I think I I I was going to Santa Monica Community College and I I ended up dropping out after a semester. I'm so bad with school. I I just I knew it was not my thing. So, I dropped out and I remember going to Subway and getting a cookie and being like, "All right, it's time to call my dad and tell him I dropped out of school and that I don't want to go to school anymore." And it was it was I was so I worked it up so much. I called him and I was like, "Dad, I dropped out of school, man. I'm not going back. And he was like, okay. It was like the the calmest, okay. He's like, okay, cool. But you got to figure out how you're going to make money. And I was like, no, I got it. I got it. I'm going to do it. And at that time, I wanted to be a, a photographer. So I was doing a lot of photo assisting jobs. And, um, and that's how I was making money at that time. And then... My friend, Eamon, he started listening to a lot of dance music, and that's kind of how I got into, like, Bloody beetroots, Crookers, uh, and then Rusko. Rusko was the one where, when I heard his sound design, I was like, I want to make music like this. And then from there, I moved to Atlanta, worked with my friend, Corey Enemy, and he taught me how to make music. And then I stayed in my parents' back house for a year, and somehow I made a career.
0: We're talking with Dylan Francis here on World Cafe. The new album is called This Mixtape is Fire 2. Um... We can always get better at the craft. And, always. and we're we're, we're, <laughs> we're if you're hungry at your pa- you know, your passion, you're always learning to that end. You took a music production class last year? Yes. Uh, tell me about the yeah, they, tell me about why you wanted to do that.
1: Yeah, last year I um I went to Icon Collective and I took um just some refresher courses. I went and did uh one of them was like Ableton um what was it called? I forgot what the names were, but basically, um, one of was with this guy Jasper Reader. Another one with with Mike, who goes by Gigantor, and and is a part of Evil Intent. And then this guy Mesta, who did we, we we did went over like mixing and mastering stuff. And it was just to go over and you know refresh my brain and know that I'm good at what I do, and that I am creative. <laughs> and so that's that. I, it was that, and then it was also just to to make sure that I knew how to use serum and all these new synths that were coming out um cuz I I really was stuck with just using silent and and all the stuff that was very comfortable to me These are
0: different applications, right?
1: Yeah, these are different VSTs that you can use in in Ableton, Logic or Pro Tools and to make uh, um any synths you want to. So, um I went in and, and and learned that from from them and and it was really really nice to just to get that refresher course and and then get back into making music again.
0: We're talking with Dylan Francis here on World Cafe. His new album is called This Mixtape Is Fire 2. It is available everywhere. Um, From that album, you released a single called I'm My Only Friend featuring Arden Jones. Um, And the song is great, but I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the music video, which uh, features (laughs) Billy Zane of Titanic fame. Can you paint a picture for our audience? Because this is an audio medium of what
1: Billy yeah. Zane is doing in this music video. Billy Zane, national treasure. Sure. Uh, but he's, he's driving a really cool car, okay? Whatever really cool car in your brain is a really cool car. He's driving it down this dirt road. It, sh- it, it, it loses all of its gas. It's got no gas. He's gotta go and walk to the next gas station, which is probably six miles away, and his legs are gonna hurt, and he's gonna wanna go to sleep, okay? And uh, he gets his gas tank out of his trunk All of a sudden, he starts feeling something in his hands. Boom. Billy Zane is in a full-on interpretive dance in the middle of the desert by himself. Just feeling it. All of a sudden, 30 seconds after that, breaks out of his interpretive dance like nothing happens, starts walking to the gas station. (laughs) Gets to the gas station, meets this very interesting man, fills up the gas for him. As he's leaving the gas station, uh uh-oh, Billy's hand starts moving again. What happens? Billy Zane is having a full-on interpretive dance at a gas station in front of me, Arden Jones, the weird guy that gave him the gas, and a young child that is on looking as he is spinning, twirling, and just just the most beautiful dance ever. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's such a great video. Uh, you know, obviously there it reminded me a little bit of the weapon of choice thing with Christopher Walken and Fat Boy That
1: that was the reference point. Um the original idea, now that I'm remembering it, was that we kind of wanted to have Billy be like— You remember the, the movie The Wrestler? Yeah. yeah. So we wanted Billy to be this character that was like the wrestler, and at the end of the day, after his day job, he would come home and he had this— Basically, like this website where he would dance for this website. Uh, by the way, if anyone steals this idea, we will sue. <laughs> we have trait— No, I'm just kidding. Um— but uh, but yeah, where he would came and he would dance for this website and he had a webcam and um, and then Arden and I would were like would peek into his house watching and like filming and then that's where Billy was like hey I feel like this is this this character is too like I guess losery um, and that's where he rewrote into the into the, the the music video that you see now. So if you haven't seen it, go see yeah, it. Definitely, definitely go see it. It's, it's really fun. And
0: take a listen to the song right now because that also is great. It's I'm My Only Friend. It's Dylan Francis featuring Arden Jones. It's World Cafe. I'm my only friend and I don't like me that much. I've been trying to fake it till it's... On World Cafe, that is Dylan Francis. I'm my only friend featuring Arden Jones. From his new record, this mixtape is Fire 2, which you can find on all streaming services. This is World Cafe. My name is Kaleo. So, um, you know, uh, Wikipedia is the, the, the last place you go when you're doing <laughs> research for a guest, because that's not where you're going to really get, like, all the information. But I, I wonder... When a get when an artist like looks at their profile and goes, "That's not right." I don't know if that's accurate. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So you are a DJ, a music <laughs> producer, and a qu- and they put it in quotes, which I think is the biggest insult. You are a social media
1: prankster. Is that fair? <laughs> I don't even know because I don't even do pranks. I I like I think I've done two pranks in my life on social media, and it was to DJ Snake, and that's it.
0: But you you know you have done comedic acting. Uh, which is not necessarily adjacent, but uh, maybe that's where they got the idea from. How did you start getting into that world where, you know, because obviously making music and acting, they're both very challenging artistic pursuits, but they are not one in the same.
1: Yeah, I, so I went to this art school called Loxa and um, uh, I think in, in 10th grade, I actually wanted to switch to the theater program. I auditioned, I got in, And then my stupid, horrible, absolutely vile, vile uh, art director said, no, I can't transfer because my grades are too low in my art classes, which makes no sense at all. Because if I was the art director, I'd be like, wow, this dude wants to go to theater. Clearly he should go because his grades are so bad in his art classes and he hates them. And he's told me this. But no, I had to get my grades up, which I hated those classes. I knew it was going to happen. I, I like, I, I think one of the classes that I was in was uh, was figure drawing, <laughs> which I went to the school for photography. I was not even good at drawing, and so I was like, "There's no way I'm am I'm, I'm a beginner. Why am I even in this class?" Anyways, so. On Fridays, you could take an elective. I took stage combat and then a couple other classes. And then we had this incredible class called New Genres, which the teacher was so cool. He was like, hey, New Genres class. This is the coolest art class because you can do whatever you want. And, we're gonna, and it's considered art and that's what it is. And all you have to do is express yourself and you'll get an A. So me and my friend, Will, we used to just make stupid, funny videos of us just making fun of like, you know, everything that we we thought was funny at that time. Our teacher like, I think we we No, we, we, I think Laguna Beach was the, was like the the new show that was that like was a reality show before reality TV was reality TV and um we made fun of that show where where we like put on wigs and we would pretend to be the girls going to clubs and we would eat hot pockets and throw them up and that was anyways, <laughs> it was very very teenage stuff. And so from that, when social media kind of came around and and Vine was was starting, um, I think everyone was like doing doing like magic tricks with the camera because they could. <laughs> and I think that and then initial <laughs> and then it it's so funny that you know because I feel like everyone was doing that. And then it, and then it started going into like the comedy direction, and that's where I was like, oh my god, this feels like the videos that I used to make with my friend Will. So then I started doing that, and then that kind of started like once Instagram video came around, then I started doing that and it was, it was my, I don't want to say that, that my, my music was my job at that time. Cause it still didn't feel like mm-hmm. it. Um, I feel like now, now it does feel more like a job, but at that time, like the other outlet for me was making those videos online. And that was like the, the part of it that wasn't my job and it was so fun to do. And I just, every, you know, any moment that I had an idea, I would just immediately film it and just go. And, um, and that, that's kind of how it happened. And then from that, people were like, oh, I wonder if he can act? And I started getting some acting jobs. And then people were like, oh, he can. Like one of the coolest things that happened to me was on that Vice Diplo show, Bobby Lee, we had the first scene together. It was me, Bobby Lee, Michael H. Croner, and um, Brandon Wardell. And we did the whole scene. And Bobby went and asked James Vanderbeek. He's like, "Yo, that guy. He's who is that guy? He, is he from Groundlings as well? I've never met him before." And he's like, "No, that's Dylan Francis. He's a DJ." And he's like, "No way!" And I was like, "This is the coolest thing ever." Because I wanted to go to Groundlings when I was younger, and my parents didn't send me. So, <laughs> the uh, classic. I don't know why, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I imagine that's something that you want to keep pursuing and and exploring that space because it is still different.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah, the even during uh what's it called? I, I had this character that I created um named Gerald. That's this pinata that basically ruins my life always. And um, one of the cool things that i a lot of people didn't get to see this happening because I had to keep it very much under wraps. And now that it's kind of gone past what uh, what we hoped was going to happen, but didn't. um i had I had written an animation with my friend Spencer Porter. We sold it to Twentieth, uh, and then it got picked up by Freeform, and we got all the way to like almost the end. We wrote the pilot. We we're about to get it into animatics, and then they shut down their animation department and like restructured. I think I don't even think Freeform's gonna exist anymore. Maybe maybe it does, but um, but yeah, we got like I have like animation drawings of it that we worked with this company 3DAR that crushed it, and um, hopefully this year I'm gonna take it back out again. And and see if we can get it to get it to, to be on some network.
0: <laughs> well, Dylan, um, first off, congratulations on the new album. Thank you so much for, for stopping by today and, uh, and, and hanging out. Thank you, thank for having us. me. Of course, I want to end with uh, this. I, I guess would you call it a, like a flip or a remix of the Sierra song "Goodies"? How would you describe this?
1: Yeah, I guess it would be like a, a flip of Sierra song "Goodies," um, which is just an absolute classic. Classic, classic banger that I used to play before I was even uh, a Dylan Francis, the DJ. I remember I was playing by myself to no one at this place called The Room on Kowanga, And this was like always on the playlist of songs to play in the 90s hip hop era. So, yeah. Or I think this is 2000s, but, you know. Close enough. (laughs) It's Dylan Francis. Close enough. Goodies here on World Cafe.
0: Sparking a little bit of nostalgia from the early 2000s, Dylan Francis with his flip of Sierra's goodies. It's on his new album. This mixtape is fire, 2. We're back in a minute with more World Cafe. On the Code Switch podcast, conversations about race don't start and stop with the news cycle. We know that race is always relevant, and we have new topics, new voices, and new stories for you every single week. Listen to the Code Switch podcast from NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from Bombas. Bombas makes absurdly soft socks, underwear, and T-shirts. And for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash NPR and use code NPR.